Welcome to Feed Your Health, a weekly podcast with your host, Morgan Shepard, where we'll be taking a deep dive into the big dial movers of health, focusing on movement, nutrition, and stress management. You'll get tangible takeaways, tactical knowledge, and exclusive stories to inspire and empower you on your transformational health journey. Let's get thriving. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. So today I wanted to talk about portion sizing and how that relates to eating, whether your goals are weight loss, fat loss, body transformation, strength, muscle growth, etc. Especially after my little adventure to EDC last weekend, weekend before, and having to navigate my food choices there with the options that were available at the festival. It really got me thinking about portion sizing because one of the vendors that I purchased from, they had a rice bowl and you know, you think, okay, a little bit of rice, a little bit of veggies, a little bit of some kind of protein source and you get a balanced meal. Well, I would say that like 90% of the rice bowl was rice. There was maybe an ounce or two of some cabbage. The rest, there was like a tablespoon of sauce and then maybe six small half-inch cubes of tofu as the uh, protein source. Which, now that I'm actually tracking my macros and paying attention to what I'm eating as far as protein is concerned, that is nothing. Like, that's nothing. (laughs) For the amount of protein that I want to be eating for my goals, that doesn't cover anything. So being aware of that, it was just kind of enlightening because, you know, having worked in food service for so long and knowing how much we actually put on a plate and how much we're charging you and the balance that is there. Our view of what we're supposed to be eating is drastically disproportional to what we actually should be consuming. Now, I'm not trying to say, hey, you need to be eating this, you should eat this much, you shouldn't have that, etc., etc. I'm just saying from the perspective of, God, I always say that. I need to stop saying that. For example, when you read a nutrition label and you look at, like, the serving size, that number is relatively arbitrary. Like, it's not related to the amount that is recommended for you to be consuming of whatever the thing is. It's not based on any sorts of nutrition goals. It's just some random number that they have picked to decide that, hey, this is the serving size and then whatever nutritional components are part of that, that's, you know, that's what you get. If you're planning a meal, trying to read a serving size off of a package and using that as your guide, that could be detrimental. Like it might not actually serve your goals. I guess what I'm getting at is that we as a society have been trained to eat more than we should because if you go to restaurants, portion sizes nowadays are way bigger than they used to be. At least, you know, at like generic restaurants. If you go to like fine dining, you're not even getting anything because of television and media and magazines and, you know, just all of the things that we're... Do people even read magazines anymore? I mean, like Instagram, whatever. All of this stuff that's coming at us, we have been accustomed to seeing portion sizes being so much bigger than what our bodies actually need. And so when we're feeding ourselves and we're making up 
our own plates and serving ourselves at home, we're just used to giving ourselves these larger portions without even realizing that they may not be the amount of food that we need to be consuming. Now, coming from an athletic background, which I can actually say that now, knowing that I've been doing this for 15 years or plus, I know that there are a lot of athletes who undereat. But that is because if you're looking at what they're eating versus how much they're working out, you're not creating a balance. I mean, the whole point of like food consumption is to be able to burn energy to fuel your body's needs. So if you're an athlete, your needs are much more than someone who is not moving. Someone who is sedentary doesn't need as much energy to get through their day. Even for someone like, for example, who is a shift worker and they're on their feet all day and like, or all night, whatever it is, if you're walking like 10 plus miles a day because of your job, you need to be fueling yourself to do that. I know that when I worked in food service, I was not eating enough. I barely had breakfast. I had like a couple of snacks here or there in the middle of service when I was trying to like feed myself when I got a few minutes of break. And then the food that I ate after was just quick shit that I tried to put in my stomach because I knew I needed to eat before I went to bed. I absolutely was never eating enough. It's a challenging obstacle course because there's what the world shows us we should be eating and then there's your goals. And you have to sort of figure out how to eat enough food to support what you're doing in whatever direction that is. If you're trying to lose weight, if you're trying to gain muscle, you have to support yourself. And honestly, most people don't. It's weird because we have this obesity epidemic, but like we also have people who are under eating and you can be obese and still be under eating. It's perplexing, but it's also the reality of it. If you're a chronic worker outer, if you're always working out and you're training at high intensity levels, you're never giving yourself the time to recover and to build the muscle and to repair all of that and to de-stress your body. So you're not actually going to be making those gains. This is why like Ironman athletes don't expect to lose weight. Don't expect to lose weight if you're training for an Ironman, because I can guarantee you, you most likely will not be eating enough food to support the activity level that you're trying to put your body through, which means that you're not going to burn it. Whatever you consume, you'll keep it because your body's like, I need this energy because you keep putting me through this workout. You keep stressing me. When you're an athlete and you're training and eating, the importance of having a pre-workout meal and a post-workout meal and a snack, there's so many little pieces where you could be focusing on your nutrition as an athlete that I think a lot of people miss out on. If you are Ironman training, and if you are training for intense endurance sports, I think it's really important that you make sure that you don't do fasted workouts because fasted workouts, honestly, they're just depleting. They're not actually building you up in the way that you want to be energizing your body. Always make sure that you have the proper nutrition before you do a workout, during your workouts, especially if you're working out longer than an hour. Always, 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 always make sure to feed yourself. Nutrition is 70% of the game. If you're not playing it, you're not in the game. And, you know, I know this isn't specifically focused on athletes, but as I'm an athlete, I have opinions and I got to talk about it because I see so often people just not eating enough calories and it's just frustrating because I know you could be performing so much better if you were feeding yourself properly. But I'm not speaking to athletes right now. I'm speaking to the average person who is trying to figure out how to feed themselves in a way that will support their goals and that, you know, you can figure out how to create proper portioning for yourself without going to a restaurant and being like, oh my God, this is too much food. Or like, I don't even know. I don't even know where to start. So like yesterday, I went out to lunch and I knew looking at the menu, I was like, okay, so where can I get the most amount of protein? 
protein because right now my goals are to build muscle. And honestly, I think anyone who is trying to lose fat, it would behoove you to focus on strength training and building muscle over doing massive amounts of cardio and trying to burn a bunch of fat because muscle actually burns more fat while at rest than fat. The more muscle you have, the more you burn. But yeah, so I was out to lunch yesterday and I looked at the menu and I was like, where can I get the most protein? Like, what is the best option for me to do that? But also recognizing that oftentimes at restaurants, carb portions, like the, the portion of carbohydrates within a meal is so much bigger than what I actually need to consume for my body and my goals. I mean, especially like at Italian restaurants, you get a plate of pasta. It's literally pasta with like a little bit of sauce or a lot of sauce, honestly, and like two pieces of vegetable. And maybe if you're lucky, some kind of protein, like honestly, most Italian restaurants, unless it's like, you know, the chicken piccata or something, you're not actually going to get a side of protein. Well, I love going to restaurants and I am a foodie and that is my life. I also believe that you should be able to look at a menu and figure out what the best option for you is. You don't always have to be on top of it, but if you want to, if you have goals, if you want to keep pursuing those goals and still be able to eat out, I think it's super important for you to understand how to navigate a menu. You know, that's something that I can help people with in my coaching because I have experience with this. Like I have goals, I've lost weight, I'm gaining muscle, I'm doing these things and I eat out. Like I eat at restaurants, I order delivery, I do these things because I love food so much and it is such a part of my life that I would never want to give up these things. But anyway, so I had lunch and I ordered a side of tofu because I knew that the three tacos that I was going to get, one of them had like soyrizo on it, which is like chorizo, but soy. It would probably have maybe like two ounces, which is a very small portion. And then one of the tacos was jackfruit, which literally is delicious, but has no protein in it at all. It's just wonderful flavor. It's a receptacle for sauce. And then the third taco was a fried avocado, which eh, I try and avoid fried foods, but also it was delicious. So fuck it, you know? It was probably only like one or two slices of fried avocado, which isn't gonna kill me. So I knew that that was not gonna be enough protein for me to be able to hit my target for the day. So what I like to do when I think about how much protein I need, and if you've been following my Instagram at all, I've sort of like touched on macronutrients and the importance of like having a certain amount of protein, having a certain amount of carbs, having a certain amount of fat, and why you have those things. What the purpose behind all of that is. Basically, protein allows you to build muscle and it keeps you satiated longer. And one of the main macronutrients that helps with all the systems in your body. I talked about why you would want to prioritize protein. For me, it's to build muscle. I think for someone who is attempting to lose fat, you should also be prioritizing protein, ideally focusing on strength training as your main source of working out or exercise. So I mentioned front-loading protein. Now, as a vegan, it's much more challenging, but it is absolutely possible to reach my protein goals. It's just I need to be more strategic about making sure that I get in enough at the beginning of the day so that at the end of the day, I'm not like struggling to get it in. I don't want to create that stress for myself. I want this to be easy. I want it to be simple. I don't want to have to overwhelm myself with all these numbers. So that's why I try to front load protein as much as possible. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, have a snack that's a protein shake or something like that. I think that is super useful. One of the biggest challenges that many people face is understanding what proper portioning looks like. 
because we've been so inundated by society's views of these large plates of food, and we don't actually have a good visual of what good portioning looks like. You ask the average person, hey, how much do you think 130 grams of tofu is? Like, what, what do you see when I say that? Or even like two to three ounces of meat. What does that look like? We don't know. You know, and I can read off some numbers like good portion recommendations of pasta or rice would be like half a cup. You know, that could be like 75 to 100 grams. Or like, I could say like vegetables, you should probably have one to two cups, which is anywhere from 150 to 300 grams. But like, what does that look like? And the only way to know what that looks like is to practice and to pay attention to what you're eating and to develop the awareness of how to figure that out. And that's why I think that tracking your food, at least for like the first couple weeks, is super important. So you begin to develop that ability to visualize how much two ounces of something is, how much two tablespoons is. I don't want people to be tied to tracking your food or tracking your macros for the rest of your life. I don't think that that is a useful relationship with food. I personally am only doing it because I'm trying to gain muscle and I want to try it out again. I've played with it in the past, so I do know that it works and it's great, but I think it also develops these challenging relationships with like trying to meet your numbers and restricting yourself because you can't have more than these numbers or like things like that. Those can create challenging relationships, but I do think that in the very beginning, wherever you are on your journey, you know, if you're starting with a new coach or if you're starting to be like, okay, I'm going to get serious. I think that it's important to create an awareness of what food portioning looks like. And the only way to do that is for you to sit at home with a scale and weigh shit out. And I know it's not fun, but you know, I can't send you a picture of like what a half a cup of rice looks like because you have no way to scale that. You don't have a frame of reference. There's some other measurements that I could throw at you. Like, okay, a baseball is like an average size fist, which is roughly about one cup. So one cup of raw vegetables is roughly about a baseball or like a tennis ball. It's kind of a handful. Same deal. It's like equivalent to like one ounce of grains or one ounce of pasta. You could go online and find a list of those types of measurements and comparisons, but it's very hard to visualize until you actually see it. And even though that I've been eating well, healthy for whatever years, I still have to recheck. I mean, this is part of why I'm doing this whole gain muscle track macros thing because I want to make sure, hey, I've actually been feeding myself enough, or maybe I haven't been getting enough fat, or maybe I haven't been getting as much protein as I thought I was getting. But this way I can actually look at my numbers and be like, okay, yeah, we're we're falling in the ranges where I thought I was. So I do actually have the correct idea of what I'm visualizing. And honestly, I think maybe that's just come from years of working in food service and having to portion out certain things for plates. Basically, the importance of tracking your food, you know, even if you just do it for a week or two weeks, it will be beneficial because it will help you see how much you're actually eating and be able to begin to visualize those things so that when you do go to a restaurant or you do go to a family event that's focused around food, you'll be able to serve yourself in a way that you know will serve your goals. There's the portion sizing people talk about with like hand and fist and thumb and all of that. Again, you can look that up online. There's any number of diagrams, but I don't necessarily like to 
recommend that because everyone's hands are different sizes. So how do you even measure that? Which is why I think as obnoxious as it is to weigh out your food, I think it serves a purpose. Everybody's different and that's why I focus on a personalized approach to your nutrition and whatever it is that you need because I think if you have a challenging relationship with the scale and with numbers and with trying to be a perfectionist or beating yourself up because you're not hitting certain numbers, then tracking in that sense is probably not the best idea. But another option that you could do is to literally just write down what you're eating and maybe even just divide up your plate and be like, okay, I'm going to have, you know, I have this size plate so I'm gonna have a portion of this and it's gonna be like a quarter of the plate or it's gonna be a third or it's gonna be like two-thirds or whatever do it that way so you can record it and you have an idea of how much you eat day to day and also you know what are you eating for example I know that over the years that my eating habits have changed drastically like I used to be obsessed with eating pasta every meal had pasta in it I fed off of refined grains that was my life I'm sure my nutrition was shit at the time I had low energy I wasn't sleeping well. Like, I love carbs. I'm not bashing carbs. We need carbs. They provide our brain and certain systems in our body with the energy that they need to function. But I don't think that the amount that I was eating was actually beneficial. I was missing out on so many other nutrients because I was just overloading on carbs. And when I switched from eating a high, high, high carb diet to a more balanced meal, I could eat so much more because it just opens up a whole new world of like other food. These days when I'm tracking everything and I'm portioning out my meal, I'll start with my protein and then I'll pick my fat and then I'll end up with the starchy carbs and then fill it up with the rest of the the extra carbs, the veggies, the fruits, micronutrient items. And I honestly don't need as many starchy carbs as I used to think I do because I'm being satiated by the protein. Something to keep in mind, when you switch away from eating refined flours and refined foods and highly processed products, those things fill you up in a way that you're not getting as many nutrients, but you're also not getting satisfied because you're not getting those nutrients. So you may feel full for an hour, but then you're hungry an hour later because you haven't actually satisfied your nutrient needs. Whereas if you're eating a fuck ton of veggies, yeah, it'll fill you up, but you'll also get those nutrients. You're not going to necessarily have as many cravings. Now, that transition going from highly processed food to more veggies that takes time. So I bring this up because if you're tracking your food, if you're tracking what you're eating, you're able to see the proportion of highly refined foods versus veggies and lean meats and, you know, protein sources. You can look at it all and be like, okay, where are my healthy fats? Where are my unhealthy fats? How can I add more healthy foods to my diet without necessarily eating less? The healthier you eat, the more you can eat eventually. I know because someone's going to come to me and be like, yo, but I can sit down and eat three burgers. And I'm like, yes, you could eat three burgers. But then how do you feel after you eat three burgers? I think one of the biggest challenges for people when it comes to stepping away from fast food and stepping away from those convenience foods is that we're so used to it and our bodies are so adapted to using that as our fuel source that when we take it away, we're just so much more hungry all the time. But eventually that changes. Like that's why I focus on increasing protein because protein's going to keep you fuller. So if you're taking out those heavy, heavy processed foods, you're replacing it with something that will Will also keep you full. So, you know, I'm not just saying fucking go eat a salad because who, who wants to do that? I love a good salad here and then, but like, I'm not going to live on a salad. 
<laughs> you know, if you're taking out the burgers and the fries and the shakes and all that, and you're putting in veggies and you're putting in healthy proteins and you're putting in healthy starches that, you know, aren't going to overload you like a sweet potato or a baked potato or some cauliflower, good grain like millet or quinoa or spelt, any of those, those will fill you up. But it is a delicate balance and it is something that will take time and your body will be like, at first you probably won't like it. Like you'll object. You'll be like, well, but I don't feel as good because you don't realize how much those highly processed foods and convenience foods have been affecting you. Also, your taste buds adapt. And that's one of the biggest frustrations with highly processed foods and junk foods is that they are designed to keep you coming back to them. So they sort of almost like numb your taste buds. And when you transition from eating those types of foods to eating vegetables, for sure, your vegetables will taste not so great. I don't want to fully say like shit because that's not how it goes, but like they're not going to be as vibrant. Like what I eat, the vegetables that I eat, they taste good to me because they're vibrant and full of flavor. But like, you can't taste that if you're eating way more junk food and processed food than I am because those foods are chemically designed to affect your taste buds so that you're craving more sugary, fatty foods and that a vegetable is just not going to satisfy you. I know that makes it all seem very hopeless, but that's why we take things slow. That's why we focusing on adding in vegetables rather than taking out the junk food and taking out the processed foods right away. Like minimizing, yes, absolutely. But like, I don't believe in restriction. I don't believe in deprivation. And while I fully support a vegan diet and I support people focusing on vegetables and all of that, I'm never going to make you do that. I think it should be a gradual process where you begin to adapt and add more healthy things into your diet. And over time, you'll crave the other things less and less and they won't satisfy you in the same ways. So you won't want them as much. To me, the more you eat healthy over time, Time, the more you'll want to eat healthy. It'll be a choice. It won't feel like, like you won't even realize it's happening, honestly. I look at my boyfriend right now and he eats vegetables with every meal. Sometimes he has more vegetables than I do. But like talk to him like three years ago. Um, I think ketchup was a vegetable. <laughs> Maybe a pickle. He's not a vegan at all. No. But he does absolutely realize the importance of vegetables and adding more into his diet and it affects him. And he's like made these changes and it wasn't something that I forced on him. It was something that he like realized and sort of adapted himself and was like, oh, yeah, okay. Let's do this. Nutrition should be a personalized approach. Everybody's different. Everybody has different cravings and desires and like cultural backgrounds and what you grew up with. Like my family, we didn't eat potatoes. <laughs> we ate rice. We ate pasta. Potatoes are new to me. I've slowly added them into my diet. They were never a thing growing up. All of that to say that I think everybody deserves a personalized approach and learning how to create a plate where the portions work for what your goals are, I think is important. And obviously I didn't break down the science of everything in this episode and I could have, but I don't want to overwhelm you. I think it's just a good idea where you start with, okay, I'm going to start tracking my food, maybe take two weeks, give it a shot, see how it goes. Even if it's just writing down what you eat. It doesn't have to be in MyFitnessPal. It doesn't have to be all the macros 
and the numbers and all of that jazz because I know how stressful that can be. And not everybody has time for that. I mean, honestly, it's taking up a lot of my time these days to track my food, but I'm getting better at it and, you know, learning to meal prep bigger meals so that I have recipes that I can like spread throughout the week and that kind of thing. But I think it's important for us to pay attention to what media tells us to eat versus what is actually needed for our body to function. People tend to eat whatever you put on your plate, which is why, you know, at restaurants you get a full plate of food and you're like, oh my God, I have to eat it all. But you don't. You really don't. You could cut it in half. You could take half home for another meal later. Even if you serve yourself a whole portion of food at home and you're like, oh my God, this is so much. I don't want the rest of it. Fucking stop eating. Just put it in the fridge for later. Literally, I do that with my breakfast all the time. I'm like, okay, I've reached my limit. I'm full. I don't need any more. I could finish this, but I don't have to. I can finish it later. Now, slightly different. I'm trying to eat more food, so I do have to power through that food, but like it's a completely different situation than someone who is trying to achieve fat loss goals. Stop before you're full. I'm going to talk about that in a whole other episode. I think that's really important, but it is a really big part of understanding portion sizes. You don't have to eat the whole thing. If you're full and comfortable, then stop. One of the things that I talk about with my clients is eating to 80% fullness. That literally means that you stop before you're full. Like you could eat more, but you don't have to. But also, you know, you've eaten enough so that you're past the hunger or hanger feeling. Uh, One thing to keep in mind that it does take your body about 20 minutes before it realizes that it's full. That's why we eat slower. The slower you eat, the easier it is for your body to be like, hey, I know what level I'm at. I know when it is that I need to stop. Now, I will say, if you haven't been paying attention to your body's signals, then you will probably have a tougher time reading them. Also, and this is no fault of yours, but there are various different factors that affect the efficiency of the hormones that tell you if you're full or not. So leptin is the hormone that tells you that you're full and a lot of different things affect it. Like if you're diabetic or if you're obese or if you are on certain medication or if you're sleep deprived, all of these things will affect the effectiveness. There's got to be a better way to say that of your body reading the signals. You may have resistance to leptin, which means that you're not going to feel full, which means that you may continue to eat even though your body is technically full. None of that is your fault, but those are things that you have to be aware of, which is why obesity is such a complex condition. And, you know, it's not as simple as just eat healthy, don't eat junk food. There's so many factors, and that's why having a personalized approach is so important. And doing like medical history and physical history and mental and all of these things in order to understand where you are and like what your hormone levels are and how your body is responding to the things that are happening in your life. (laughs) Anyways, that's a whole other tangent, but I wanted to bring it up because, you know, we're not accustomed to paying attention to our bodies. And especially in today's world where we're go, 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 and we're working and we're working and we're focusing on this and we're focusing on that. Nobody pays attention to your actual body and you don't, you don't have time to, or you feel like you don't have time to. One of the things that I want to remind you is that, and this has been hard for me too, if your body isn't healthy, then you're less likely to be able to be here long enough to do all of the things. So like you might feel like you don't have enough time to spend on your health and your self-care, but actually spending time on that helps you in the long run. And a quick little tangent. As someone who is now self-employed, I am very, very, very adamant about my cutoff times. I make sure that I'm done with work between five and six. I don't do work after that, even though I want to because I'm a fucking Virgo perfectionist 
done. I'm like, I gotta do shit. I gotta be accomplishing shit. No, I don't. I need rest and recovery and I need to take a break and I need to shut off. And everybody needs that. You know, we think it's like, go, 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 but it's not. It's go, go, take break rest, relax, recover. Then it's go, go again. You have to have those periods of rest and recovery. If you look at professional athletes, they spend almost all of their time training. And then the rest of the time, they're sitting on their asses doing nothing because their body needs to recover. And like when you're strength training or you're building muscle, the building of the muscle, the repairing and the growth, that happens during recovery. That doesn't happen during the actual exercise. That happens after the exercise. So if you're not giving yourself that time to recover, you're not giving yourself that opportunity to repair and build the muscle. It's the same with like Ironman training. You go and you go and you go and your body's constantly stressed. If you're not giving yourself adequate recovery, you're not giving yourself the chance to improve, to get faster, to get better. You need that rest period. You need that recovery. That's also why I take weekends. As much as I want to work on the weekends, I make myself not. I make myself take a break. That is my time to do social things and hobbies and whatever I want to do outside of work. Because shutting off and taking those breaks and stepping away from it all, it allows you to be more in tune with your body and it allows you to be more mindful with your time and your energy. Yeah. That's essentially what I wanted to talk about today. I hope some of it was valuable. If it resonated with you, if you found something useful or, you know, whatever, just reach out, DM me. Check me out on Instagram. I also have a newsletter you can sign up for. That's in the show notes. And if you're interested in any of my coaching or you want to know more about what it is that I offer, just reach out. I have an application. You can fill that out. Hop on a call and we can chat. Anyways, as always, endlessly appreciative of all of y'all listening to me and thank you so much and I will see you next week. Ciao!